Hi, good morning, and welcome to Church for the Harvest Online. We're so excited you could join us this morning. Thanks for tuning in. We have an exciting message from Pastor Mike, but before that, let's jump right into worship.
Good morning, Church for the Harvest family and friends. I just want to thank you for tuning in and watching this video this Sunday morning. God bless you. We pray God's blessing upon you, and, and uh, we pray for your families. Hopefully, sooner than later, we'll be all together again where we can worship together corporately in the church body. But in the meantime, we thank God that we have technology that we can at least get to you and share the Word of God. So I have a brief message this morning I'd like to share with you. It's kind of going to be a two-part two-part series, and uh, I titled my message, Shake Us to Wake Us. Shake Us to Wake Us. Let's pray. Lord God, I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me and give to your people what they need here today as they are gathered together uh, in their homes, uh, uh, listening to this message online. Lord, I pray your grace your presence and your anointing would just reach out right to where they're at right now. In Jesus' mighty name, give me unction to speak your heart, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. We're talking about, I've titled this message, Shake Us to Wake Us, and I subtitled it, Fallen and Can't Get Back Up. And so I want to talk to you today about getting back up. And so once again, we welcome you. We welcome you for joining us. And, and if you'd like to share this with a friend, uh, this video, feel free to do that. We encourage that. So, so today, maybe, you know, you're wondering, like many people are, what does God do in the middle of this coronavirus? And, and I believe God is taking advantage of this situation, what the enemy has meant for evil. God is going to turn around for good. And so what do you mean by that? And I began to think about <clears throat> this shaking, this shaking that's going on. Let's read our verse in James 4. God speaking through the apostle James said, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Now, <clears throat> James kind of just goes right to the jugular. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't waste any time. He doesn't try to buffet or pattern anything. And, and I, I, I like James because he just gets to the point. Uh, how many of you know that in our faith, in our walk of faith, that, uh, you know what, uh, God has done so much for us. The cross uh, shows that 2,000 years ago. And many people ask, and they say, you know, God, where are you? And why don't you help me or whatever? And, and, and 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus showed his love for humanity. Amen? And so James, he, just, he talks of there are some behavioral things, there's some action steps, if I could say it that way as believers, that we are to take. We are to take. Submit yourself to God, and then we can resist the devil. So there's this posture of humility. Humility. As we submit to God, there's an authority in humility. Amen? An authority in humility. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Then it says, draw near to God. How many of you know 2,000 years ago, God drew near to mankind, humanity? He did by, by giving of his life, paying the ultimate price and rising from the dead to pay that ultimate penalty for our sin from the beginning. <clears throat> and then the Bible says, he will draw near to you. That is a natural response. As you draw near to God, he draws near to you. Then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. I mean, boy, there's been a lot of washing of hands and 
wash your hands, stay six foot, social distancing. Now people put masks on and <clears throat> no, wait a minute, should you wear a mask? I don't know, should you not wear a mask? And, uh, wash your hands again. Some of your hands are raw from washing it so much. I get it. <clears throat> but the Lord's talking you know, about our hearts, our hearts, okay? Purify your hearts. Cleanse your hands, hands of like your actions and behavior and things that you've done. So there's, once again, this theme of humility in this verse. Then he talks about double-mindedness. And he talks about, you know, with weeping and mourning and contrition. And he said, humble yourself before the Lord. And as you do that, as you humble yourself, God will exalt you. How many know God doesn't have a problem of lifting you up and exalting you? But God is looking for this trait of humility in our life. And I believe there's a tremendous shaking that's going on, obviously, throughout the world. It's like, it's like we were thrust into this so quickly. Some of us, it just jarred us. It's like, what has just happened? How did we get here? And so I believe God has an answer. But I was watching a YouTube video, which many of us have watching or Netflix and YouTube and YouTube and all that stuff and <laughs> that's out there, all these videos. But, but I was watching one about oranges and how they, they pick oranges and how they select oranges and separate them and how they separate the good fruit from the bad fruit and how they process all that. And, and then I started digging a little deeper in, in the video and, and went online and looked at some things and how they actually harvest oranges. And majority of the, at least the Florida oranges were told are, about 96% of them are harvested by hand. They have to be hand-picked. Thank God for all the workers that do that and that uh, uh, work tirelessly to, to pick the oranges so we can have good orange juice, amen? But that's the traditional method. But some of the newer groves, they've planted the trees a little bit further apart so they can get machinery down there so they can do it automated. And um, what they have is a mechanical harvesting uh, machine. It's a self-propelled machine. And actually what it does is it attaches to the tree and as it goes by with a canopy or a tarp, it shakes the tree. And as it shakes the tree, kind of violently, the good oranges fall off and the bad oranges fall off. So the oranges come off, pretty much most of them, and then they go to the next tree and it expedites the, the harvesting of oranges. I thought, what an interesting, interesting thing in this time and season that we're in. You know, we're experiencing, I believe, tremendous amount of fear and people are just full of terror, as we know. And, uh, but not, not everybody is. And some are just perplexed and wondering, okay, what's going on? How is this going to turn out? How are we going to start the nation back up together again? I mean, we've been thinking about that. It's been all hide, quarantine, you know, don't get the virus. Now it's kind of subsiding some. And, and we're seeing it in certain areas and pockets. We need the economy to kick back up, amen, and start up afresh. And how does that happen and all that? And so all these minds are thinking about that, but, but I want to go back to the point of shaking as I title this message that I believe God is shaking us to awaken us. He's shaking us to awaken us. And just like harvesting fruit, harvesting fruit, uh, there's good fruit and bad fruit in all, all your plantings. Uh, I liked planting uh, apple trees and for the first few years. Obviously, it takes time for, you know, to have a good harvest of apples, but uh, I had a number of apples. They were all eaten out with worms. And man, this is nasty. And so I did a little bit more reading. And it's like, okay, we have a lot of blights here in Minnesota. Spray for this bug, that bug. So I would start to care for those trees to take care of them, protect them from these, this virus, these bugs, if I could say it that way, uh, that would contaminate the fruit. And when I did that over a couple of years, I noticed I started getting some good, healthy fruit. And it was amazing. 
It was amazing, and, and the fruit looked beautiful and was healthy. But always, once again, it's still, with the good fruit, there was always bad fruit. There was always bad fruit. Worms got in something, and some of them just, just didn't make it. You know, just like spiritual growth in all of our lives, <clears throat> how many of you know that all of us, we have, we have good fruit in our lives, and many of this good fruit in your lives, stuff that you have cultivated through the years <clears throat> that are productive, that are godly in your life. Examples would be, You've implemented prayer in your life. That's, that's, good. that's a good spiritual discipline. That's good fruit. Uh, you've read God's word. You're getting God's word in your heart, and you're attentive to that. That's good fruit. Uh, you know how to worship, and you worship God. You know how to enter into God's presence, and uh, you don't just stand there with your hands folded and when it's time for worship. No, <clears throat> you're engaged. That's good fruit. Those are spiritual disciplines that are productive in your life. Godly character, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about it. And, and when I say that about the importance of it, God is concerned about fruit in our lives, church. He's concerned. He wants fruit in our lives. He talks about the parable, about the, the tree that, that didn't produce fruit. And he says, you know what? The pharmacist cut it down. He said, no, give it a year. Put some fertilizer on it. Cultivate it. Let's get it some good sun and water and see if it produces fruit. But after that, if it doesn't, well, cut it down. God is interested and he's looking for fruit, <clears throat> excuse me, in each of our lives. So there's good fruit in each of our lives. We can all attest to that. But we don't like to focus on or we don't like to examine the bad fruit. <clears throat> and so we can all attest that there are bad fruit that, that needs to go that needs to go. How many know what I'm saying? Amen. And bad habits, explosive anger issues, especially now a lot of us in confinement and people are on each other's nerves and agitated. Say, where before you can go, ah, they're acting up and they're acting whatever. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to go to the coffee shop or whatever. I'm going to go grab a bite to eat somewhere. I'm going to stop by the shop or whatever. And now you can't. <laughs> You're forced to deal with these issues and we're being shaken. But also in the shaken, it's awakening us. It's awakening us. Amen, church? And so, so we're dealing with these things. We're dealing with uh, <clears throat> issues that, 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 that uh, God calls that bad fruit. And God, God is shaking that off. Yeah, there's good fruit in our lives. And I believe God has a harvest in all of this. That there's a harvest the church really, globally, is going to see. I really, I really believe that out of this. But, but there's some bad fruit. And see, here's the thing. If you leave the bad fruit on, it contaminates the good fruit. And so God is looking for fruit in our lives. Amen. And James is, is really talking about that. Uh, talking about that as, as we draw near and we humble ourselves to God. So how do we do it? How if when we're fallen, we can't get back up. We feel like we're inoculated and, and we feel frozen. And so very brief, briefly here, just a few more minutes and... Um, we all experience this. We're all experiencing this shaken. We're all experiencing this. And, and God is trying to rid things of our lives if we'll listen to his voice in this season. Can you say amen? If we'll listen, get rid of that bad fruit. Get rid of that bad fruit. And, and uh, some of you, you, you just feel shaken emotionally in this season. You feel shaken, uh, you know what, even spiritually in this season and, you know, physically in this season. And just, it's, just, it's just really stirring you up. You're really, really gripped with fear. And, and God wants you to come through that. But many of you, you you've sown, uh, and, and there's a lot of bad fruit in your life, and God has shaken that. Say, hey, hey, this is the time. Be still and know I'm God, but I, I, want, I want to get this. I want this stuff to come off of your life. And some of you, it's been so apart, hear me, of your life, this shakening has actually caused you to fall down. Why? Because, because for 
the last few years or the last 10 years or 20 or 30 years, you're realizing now that there's a vacuum in your life. Come on, somebody. There's, there's a drought. There's, uh, you know, you've not really put the word of God in your heart when you've heard the preacher or you heard the message or you know you should. You've just really not have done that. And, and what's coming out now in your life is all of these things you really didn't recognize that were really there that God was trying to deal with all along, but you, you, were, you were passive in dealing with that and you weren't aggressive in that. And so, so God wants to turn that around. You know, back in the 1990s, I remember uh, there was an actor, Jalel White, and he played Steve Urkel on a sitcom. I know it's dating me, but <clears throat> uh, Family Matters. And, <clears throat> and they kind of interjected him in, in a, uh, one of the telecasts, and just like a one-time thing, but the kid became a hit. I mean, and he was in every show, and ratings went up, and he was kind of typecast in his obnoxious, nerdy, high-pitched voice, he was a geek. He was a nuisance to the Winslow family. But uh, he, he, Steve Urkel would have these catchphrases. And he would say things like in an obnoxious voice. I can still remember it. If he'd do something and he, he'd break it or he'd disrupt it or he did something dumb and he would say, did I do that? Man, it was, it was obnoxious. It sounds even obnoxious when I say it. And uh, another one was, I've fallen, I can't get back up. And, and he would always get himself into some crazy thing and someone had to bail him out. And, you know, and I think about that, it was, it was funny back then, and, and, but it's very true for, for our lives, especially in the season that we're at. For many of you today, perhaps maybe emotionally you're fallen, spiritually you've fallen, or even mentally, just really, you know, talk to people and they say, you know what, the first few days or whatever I could deal with this right now, I, I just, I can't deal with this. This is, this is just too much. I don't know how much more I can take. And you feel like you've fallen. You've fallen. And God wants to lift you back up. Some of you, it's you recognize how far from the Lord you really are. You recognize that, 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 that deposit that you've heard about all these years of that you should have been proactive in. Grabbing a hold of God and getting, getting your relationship strong with the Lord is just, it's just not there. It's just not there. And and you feel, once again, that there's this vacuum and, and you can't really seem to find God. I've heard people say, you know, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I, I'm searching, but I, I just can't, I just can't, I can't hear him. And, and some of you just feel, you see, feel so far away, uh, so far away. It's why? Because you, you really haven't dealt with those issues that God has been speaking lovingly, prodding in your heart through the Holy Spirit all along to, to give this certain thing up or this vice or whatever. And, and now, perhaps for some of you, God forbid, it's been your go-to poison and, and, and you're leaning on that now and, and it's, it's not good. It's not good and it's affecting your family and you're in a crisis mode. You're in a crisis mode. And, and I believe that there's a, this shaking that's going on is to wake us up. God wants us to wake up. He wants us to wake up spiritually spiritually to him in his presence. And so, and so, you know, you felt separated, separated. But you know what? Let me just say this, and I'm just going to declare this because I believe this. Friends, there's deliverance. Deliverance is a powerful word. Only Christ can deliver you and I. 
You've tried what you can. You did the best you could. You're at where you're at today because a lot of, a lot of it because of the choices that you made in your life. And, and sadly, some of those choices have been negative and they've had negative consequences. We know that. And I'm not trying to hammer you down here this morning, but I just want to encourage you that as hard as you try, and some of you are trying to like, I'm down. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a pit and I keep digging. I keep digging and it's getting darker and darker and I can't see anyway and I can't see any hope to get out. I don't know how to get out. Only Jesus, hear me, only Jesus Christ can get you out of that ditch. Good counseling, and we believe in good counseling is not going to do it. No, it's the truth of Christ and him and the reality of you knowing him and being in right relationship with him is going to bring freedom and deliverance in your life, in healing. But that comes through taking some steps, taking some steps. So, so how do we get back up spiritually? And we're going to talk about this. Uh, I just got a few minutes left here today, but I just wanted to just kind of just begin here today kind of as an introduction. How do we find God? How do we get back spiritually speaking? And, and I, I, let me just say this, and, and, and we'll delve into this more, but, but I believe the greatest thing in the midst of this crisis, in this pandemic that we're at, I believe the greatest posture we can take as men and women of God, I'm talking to believers now, is have a spirit of humility and repentance on us. I mean, I've said this last week, we're not going to rebuke this thing away. You know, and, and there's a place in the, where we need to take authority. And yeah, we know it's the, the devil, he's wreaking havoc, but obviously he has authority and he's roaming and wreaking havoc. And so you say, well, the body of Christ has to rise up and speak against it. Absolutely. Amen. But I believe that this shaking is going on. God is allowing it. Hear me? He is allowing it. Because he could stop it just like that. He could. He's allowing it to shake us up, especially Christians, especially Christians that profess Christ, to shake us out of our carnality. Come on now. To shake us out of our indifference spiritually. To shake us out of our apathy, spiritually speaking. To shake us out of our, our pet sins. Come on now. He's shaking us to awaken us to a life that is real, more productive of the fruit of the Spirit and His grace in our life. That we can be more conformed to the image of Christ. Somebody say amen. And so I believe that one word is repent. So today's message is more as a challenge about to challenge us in our selfish behaviors. And, and I'm, I'm the first to step in the line in that in times that my attitude and my response in situations, it's selfish. It's me, myself, and I, <laughs> you know, and, and, and not thinking of others and, and not thinking of the people that really matter in my life. And so I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. And I believe you don't want that too in your life. So there's an Old Testament, Old Testament example of a Bible character, and I'm going to touch on him this week and next week, Lord willing. But it's in Judges, in Judges chapter 13. It's about Samson. And I really, ah, oh man, I really enjoyed the story of Samson in the Old Testament. And God used him mightily against the Philistines. And Samson was dedicated to God. And even as a young man, I just think he, he God selected Samson because there was some virtuous things in him. There were some spiritual disciplines, I believe, that he was selected by God and God used him as a judge. And, and, I, and, and then he got off track. Samson got off track, and we'll get into that in a moment. But, but I think there were some things that were in him that God saw and said God could use. And, but there was a covenant. There was a covenant that God had made. And in Judges 13, 5, the Bible says, For behold, you shall conceive, speaking of Samson's mother, bear a son, 
and no razor shall come to his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And so we have this verse here, there's a promise in the scripture that uh, Samson was going to be a deliverer, a deliverer. And so his hair symbolized his dedication to God. Wow, I wish we all had more hair, amen? <laughs> and, and, but it, it, was, it was, for him, it was God's covenant with him. So his hair would never be shaven. And also the mission that he had to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Judges chapter 16, verses 19 to 21. Now I want to interject where Samson got off track, where he, if I could say, fallen, where he fell during a crisis, and it was hard for him to get back up. The Bible said Delilah, wow, Delilah, we all heard about the Delilah. Delilah, having lulled him to sleep on her lap, she called him in to shave off the seven braids of his head. In this way, she began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called out, Samson, the Philistines are here. So we know the story, many of you know the story, and and Samson was a deliverer. God used him and, and, and brought judgment against uh, the Philistines, how they oppressed Israel, and a lot of victory. And they couldn't handle this guy. He kept defeating them and one thing after another. And, but Delilah was the key to this guy's heart. And Delilah is a picture of the world. Delilah is, Delilah is a picture of our flesh, a picture of uh, our Achilles' heel, if I could say it that way. And Delilah... We all have to contend with a Delilah in our life. Amen? This all, all of us have to contend. And so what happens is she finally, because they oppress her and they press her, and they said, get the answer. Where does his strength lie? And she, she, she wears him down. She wears him down. You know, many of us feel that, that we have been, been, been worn by the enemy. You know, the enemy, uh, the devil, his name Diablos means like to throw a ball with a ball. If you were to take a ball and keep throwing it against a wall, and it's this constant throwing. That's how the enemy works. That's his mode of operation. He doesn't lighten up. He constantly, pow, throws at you, pow. He doesn't need to rest. He doesn't need to sleep. You know, he, 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 doesn't, you know, he doesn't get sick. He just keeps at it. He keeps harassing us. And that's his mode and operation. And it's like Delilah in our life. He continually oppresses. And so, and so she, she finds out, and it's his hair. He tells her, and she shaves it off, and she, she shouts, Samson, Samson, the Philistine are here. And I thought about that phrase, and I thought about, you know, what would it be a 2020 version? And I would say, in the middle of a crisis, I would say, Samson, Samson, the COVID-19 virus is here. What do we do? And this is interesting. This is what he does. Samson, the Bible says, he awoke from his sleep, and he thought, no big deal. I got this. <laughs> And I think that's been a posture of many of us here, especially in America, you know, this is no big deal. We can handle this. And, and, and we found out how severe this is, how real this is, and the tragedy of the tens and thousands of lives and the hundreds of thousands that have been infected and loved ones that have passed away. And it's tragic. And, and, and it's, it's put us in crisis mode. And fear, many of us have overwhelming fear about it and fear of getting the virus and just the fear of it. But Samson, his attitude was, hey, and one translation says like this, I will escape as I did before and I'm gonna shake myself free. I'm gonna shake myself free. You know, I, I've been through this before. We can handle this. We can get through this. Or, or I'll go out as before, one translation says at other times, and I'm gonna shake myself free. Or, <clears throat> or one says, I'll break loose and escape just as I have always done before. See, friends, what we've done before is not working. 
<laughs> it's not working in this season. And God is trying to do a new thing in this season. The old is out. In the new, what God is trying to do is totally new. And I believe it's a different posture and, and, and a heart uh, mindset that the body of Christ needs. That's you and I. That's us personally. Forget about everyone else out there. God is speaking to you and I personally. Personally. And I believe this message is a personal message to you and I. I want you to notice in verse 20, uh, as I uh, draw down here, but he, but he said, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Wow. Amazing verse. I got a few translations on this. It says, he did not realize that the Lord had stopped helping him, but he did not know that the Lord had abandoned him. Well, fast forward. How many of you know that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus? Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We are in covenant with our God. Amen. How many of you know our God does not abandon us? He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is a promise. But the presence of God, you see, you know, there's the, the spirit within and the spirit upon. And the presence of that anointing of God had left him and Samson didn't know it. He was in the middle of a crisis. The enemy came in, shaved off his power. And you know what? The body of Christ today, I just that's what I see. I see in a large part the church, his head has been shaven. And we're wondering, oh God, oh God, where you're at? Oh God, trying to hear from God. Get a voice, get a message, get a word from God. What is God saying? I, I, I think I believe I have a word from the Lord. God is saying, peace be still, but we need to allow humility in our life. This is a time for bended knee. This is a time for contrition. This is a time to not to be arrogant and proud. This is a time to humble ourselves before our God. That's the only way we're gonna get back up. See, unless God lifts us back up, we're not getting back up, Amen. We're not getting back up. Samson broke his covenant with the Lord. See, he loved Delilah. Delilah was his pet sin. Delilah was his go-to poison. Come on now. Delilah was the weakness. And, and so I just want to challenge us all here today in the next few moments as I conclude and pray. What is your pet sin? You say, well, Pastor Mike, feel like James going for the juggler. Absolutely. This is a time and a season we need to not waste. God is trying to do things, my brothers and sisters, in and through our lives, in and through our lives in the season that's going to take us and launch us for the next season of harvest, the next season of fruit in our lives. And there are some things that we cannot carry from the old season into the new. And typically it takes crisis times like this to awaken us, to awaken us as his people. God is awakening us. See, Samson was intoxicated with Delilah. And my question to you and I here today is, what intoxicates you? should be the Lord. And I speak about for the, myself included. There are times in my life, you know, I'm not intoxicated with God. I've allowed things of this world. I've allowed how the enemy comes in and subtly and, and, and wrong attitudes and things in my life. And see, Delilah, once again, she is a, she's a picture symbolic of the world. And, 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 and he was, Samson was dominated, hear me, by his flesh. He was dominated by his sexuality. He was dominated by his passion. In other words, you know what? I need this at this time. This helps me feel good. And you know what? I feel insecure. It comforts me at this time. This is my go-to, whatever that is. God is saying, you know what? No idols in my household. We heard the story, the story about how the children, uh, uh, the Philistines stole uh, the Ark of the Covenant and, and they took it and they hid it in their temple with the Dagon. God was there. 
The Bible says that the next morning when they went into the temple, that Dagon was knocked over, the fish god. And so they set him back up. And then the next day, the same thing happened, but his head and his hands were broken off. Why? No idol. God does not want any idols in our life. Amen, church? And God is looking to eradicate these things in our life. And so you say, Pastor, what do I need to do? The Bible says, basically because of Samson's disobedience, it cost him. It cost him his life. It cost him, it cost him dearly. And I just want to challenge you in these last few minutes as we conclude. You say, Pastor, I need to get right with the Lord. I'm not right with God. The Bible says, repent and believe the good news. And, and I just want to encourage you. Take a moment with me right now. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. This is a great day for you to get right with God. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you pray with me now? Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, purify my mind and my heart. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I give you my life today. Now take it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you.